Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. As always, number 76, we are, we are getting to 100. Jackie is with us this week. Um, Hi, everyone. Yeah, slowly inching yeah. up toward there. We are so close to Thanksgiving. Does anyone have any plans? Oh, I feel boring when I Nothing. say I'm just staying in Pittsburgh. That, and, that sounds good. I mean, I'm family jealous. time is never boring. Let's That's be honest. like classic Pittsburgh, though. Your whole family I'm, is there. Exactly. <laughs> it's, and within 10 minutes of everybody. <laughs> the so. inside joke, nice. yeah, is that Pittsburghers, when they leave, if you grew up in Pittsburgh, you eventually come back. Yes. Uh, so that makes sense. Always make it back. Interesting. We are hosting 21 Oakley. Woo folks wow. here. Yeah. It's a lot so of Oakley. Your Thanksgiving will not be boring to say the least. Uh, Jackie, I have four children. It wouldn't be boring <laughs> if it was just us boring. by ourselves. I mean, <laughs> it, I, there probably would be a food fight if it was just us. <laughs> that is but, true. That's true. Well, and they have all the cousins. You have a big, don't you have a big group of the cousins and yes. tons of kids? Yes. Oh boy. I, I'm anticipating a lot of Disney plus viewing. Hopefully no Disney Plus crashing, but it's it's Ooh. getting better on my end. I don't know. I had like a day or two is weird, but it's been flawless since. Oh, I love it. It's so great. So great. Yeah. All right. Let's hop in because as usual, uh, you know, things usually start slowing down around this time of year, but, and there's no complaints on our end. It is not <laughs> at all. So let's dive in. Story time. Who's got a story for us? Ooh. I have kind of a, an interesting, fun one. All right. So I couldn't help but notice there is a rise in comments on builders' home pictures where I see people when they tag someone, you know, I'll see the comments of, oh, where can I buy this piece of furniture? Mm Oh, where can I get that? Or what exact pink color was used? Mm -hmm. And I think it just goes to show that how often, you know, besides that great content that you're creating, but also the fact that what you have is also great inspiration for people. Yeah. And I'm noticing a huge trend in something I never thought really would make its round, but shoppable staged homes. Mm. Um, And just to dive in just real quick, it's big name brands are seizing the opportunity to bring their products to life in a relatable, Instagrammable setting, but also in a new home listing that is available for purchase as well. So I know a handful of these have been done. I did a little bit of research on um, Industry West, Neiman Marcus, and most recently West Elm. They work with Street Easy. You sent a... uh article on it. I sell these pictures. Oh, they, awesome. they do an amazing wow. job. They deck out Everything. luxury listings with their products and they work with sponsors. I know with West Elm, when they did theirs, they worked with Sherwin-Williams. So the pink color of 2020 was the master bedroom mm-hmm. and they had a Sonos room full of all the, you know, decked out media room. And it's awesome because this idea for them are all the same. Developers get to show off or a for sale listing, and these brands get to come in and completely stage with all their products that people get to then come and explore and shop. Mm. So it's, it's different. I, I hadn't seen this at least around here. I know it's more New York, California, 
but. Well, this idea, I don't know if you remember Jack here or not, we used to use companies like Pottery Barn, or we would talk to restoration mm-hmm. hardware about participating in a model home and being able to say, you know, everything in this house is from Pottery Barn. This is a different idea though, of kind of a yeah. pop-up store in an, in an unfinished inventory home that kind of adds life or, or a existing used home even mm-hmm. adds some life to it. Do you guys know who owns uh, Street Easy? I do not. No. <laughs> who does? Do you know? Our good friends at Zillow, uh, as a Zillow have? brand. Uh, it's, it's focused around New York city. They bought it a couple of years ago, if I'm remembering correctly. So we might as well go to the next step, right? Zillow, just every, every builder yeah. who advertises with you gets <laughs> free decorating. There you go. I'm, I'm Zillow, every Zillow off. But it's more so they're added to the selection of people that are hunting for locations to yeah. have these pop-up showrooms. And it's pretty, I, I, I guarantee you too, Jackie, when we were doing our covert event in Columbus last week, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Andrew, I don't know if you saw this in the hotel lobby where we are. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful lobby. Every day I was there before the event uh, and during the event, I saw three people getting their Instagram headshots or like their influencer photo campaign (laughs) taken in the lobby. And they were like decked out. Like I'm sure they had changed clothes. They were doing multiple photos, I'm sure. Wow. I guarantee you this place probably has people take a number so that real shoppers can come in too of like, if you want to hang out on this leather couch in this room set up for the holidays in in mm-hmm. New York City, I guarantee you people are like, can I shoot my vlog here? Can I get my headshot oh, yeah. done here? You know? And just even piggybacking off of that with this, they West Elm had this holiday house for a month, the, the month of October. It kind of more or less to see how well it would do, which as you can imagine, I know uh, it was, they had like a channel and HGTV involved and it may, it was very popular, but it was cool because they had events throughout the month, which I thought, you know, some of our builder partners could kind of take away little tidbits of these that they did. So they hosted a cooking class. They had a dinner party, cookie decorating, a holiday cocktail tasting and wreath making. And Something cool too is they had consultations with the West Elm design crew, which mm-hmm. a lot of our builder clients, they have an in-house design staff or team or even an individual themselves. And just to have some people, if they ever had some type of event that allowed people to kind of come in just a little bit more foot traffic. So yeah. Yeah. Really cool. That was awesome. That was very cool. Thanks for, you, you always find interesting Different stuff for us, Jackie. I love it. I I love the fun side of this. This is, you know, we there's a lot of business and fun mix there. Uh, okay, so I'll take it back the other way. No fun here. This is this is I mean, serious. You know, the the holiday season is upon us. Uh, it really starts now, mid September, uh, when they have both Halloween candy and Thanksgiving decor available at the local grocery store. But it's almost time to shift. Uh, your ad spend more, almost, almost an air quotes entirely towards content and remarketing. Uh, it, it's just the time of year. We, we've spent a lot of time on coaching calls talking about the Google trend graph. And if you go to Google trends and type in either the word new homes or homes, either one, take your pick. And you can just see that in this graph, kind of like the force of nature, the force of the market draws interest in that search term down to around a 50 to 55, maybe high 60 level every year. And right now we are sitting at around a 74. 
And that just means there's going to be this steeper pitched, sharper decline likely to come between now and the end of the year. I don't think it'll last very long because almost without fail, the first full week of every of every year in January, it spikes way back up to the mid 80s in terms of search volume. So it's just something to be aware of. Don't freak out. Don't be surprised if at some point week over week, your lead count drops as high as 15%. That's just your sign that it's time to put the ad dollars into your storage crawl space to replace where you pulled all the Christmas stuff out of. Put your ad dollars in there or better yet, reinvest them in content-related projects, UX-related projects, updating website functionality, because your return on ad spend is going to be severely reduced in terms of bringing new people into the market from that point until probably the rest of the year. For content, I know this would be really individual depending on the builder, but could you have like a list of one to three things as far as if they're like, I don't really know what to do. We have pictures, we have video. Mm -hmm. What? Should yeah. I do? Oh, I, it, yeah, I love it. I, I love how you guys always pull stuff mm -hmm. out of me because oh. I'm, I'm, I'm this old curmudgeon with all this past experience that I forget yeah, about Yoda. intentionally or unintentionally. One easy thing to do. So lots of people would say, well, this is a bad time of the year for us to do exterior photographs or, you know, drone shots. That kind of, it just doesn't look real pretty outside right now, Kevin. To that, I would say, don't worry, just go all inside. One, you could, you could do, uh, dusk imagery of holiday-related photos so that come holiday time next year, you have content that has full context with the season. Mm -hmm. I love you know, that. Builders who have the ability to throw up a house decorated with lights or a streetscape of bottles decorated with lights. The other thing is, in terms of interior, it's great to get a photographer in play on a, on a kitchen uh, or a showpiece part of a model home. And just in one day, go through all of the holidays, creating content that you can live on your homepage that is, again, contextual to the time of year. So we used to do this all the time at Heartland. We would have you know three or four different kitchens that were our favorite. And we would have a, a session in each one where we would you know put an American flag somewhere with cookies or apple pie for, for the 4th of July, take a couple shots, wipe it clean, come back in with a lemonade stand for the middle of August mm -hmm. uh, that they're preparing in the kitchen, you know, half made pitcher of lemonade. Of course, you got the holidays and great rooms and Christmas trees and, and menorahs and all this great stuff that you could, you could grab content for that. Again, it's, it's not necessarily going to give you a return on investment right now, although you could still use it in, in what remains of the season, but it's content that you can continue to use year after year instead of always being caught by surprise. I got to go search for some stock photo of someone drinking hot coffee because I don't have anything else for the beginning <laughs> of fall. You know? Yeah. So a lot of campaigns that I'm putting together too, they are targeted around holidays, fall into savings, home for the holidays. And what better to have pictures of your own content that target that rather than, like you said, the stock photos. I yep. agree. Especially if you yep. tag stock it. Stock photos are like, mostly evil. If you tag at the corner, mm -hmm. the floor plan name, or somehow where they're like, yeah. oh, that yeah. is one that I could build. Or like, so in case they're like, oh, that's a cool picture of a Christmas tree in a pretty home. You know, that's not the point. Well, it makes us feel like we're there. Yes. Like I could visualize myself in that cozy exactly what living room with the fireplace on. Exactly. I, I like that. Well, especially those of you out there who still have billboards, especially digital billboards, you know, the ability to change out the creative to match the time of day or the season is just a, a missed opportunity if you're not doing that. 
So day parting, that messaging makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, that so, was one, right, Kevin? We Back at Harlan, yeah. the time of day change, I love yeah, that. And, and, and there's no reason you couldn't do that as well with remarketing imagery, where you don't have to change all of your messages all the time. But could you remarket people dusk images at dusk or mm -hmm. in the four-hour time window around dusk? And sure could you show them, you know, anything that cuts through the clutter like that is definitely worth considering. Well, yeah, up north, it's dark for starting at four or five o'clock. So mm -hmm. that dusk sounds, time would get used a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, don't forget, you can call in to leave a voicemail with questions, comments on this week's episode or any other episode, and we'll address them live on the next recording. That number is 404-369-2595. We've had a few abandoned calls to the line. Don't be afraid. Oh, no. Be brave. Leave a message. And we'll do some good prizes. We, we've given out some great prizes in that we've given away jackets, expensive jackets. We've given away AirPods. And we don't always talk about all this stuff. That's okay. We'd like to keep you on your toes. So give mm -hmm. us a call with your thoughts or comments and, uh, and we'll be happy to play those on, on air. All right, let's hop over to the news. Google, we've gotten lots of notices about this. You we probably have. have too. But the California Ooh. Consumer Privacy Act. Super boring. Uh, Google wants to make sure that we, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> super, super boring data privacy stuff. Who cares about that, right? But it's just gonna, it, it's just a preview of things to come. We'll, we'll highlight a couple of things here that are interesting, but this is just the beginning. And it's gonna tie into some of the other articles we talk about of, even as we have gotten closer and closer and closer to better attribution methods, that fountain of youth is just gonna continue to be out of our reach, I think, in terms of this mystical thing that we want to find, this perfect one-to-one -one attribution system and model because of things like the California Consumer Privacy Act. Mm -hmm. And as far as like builders thinking, do I have to worry about that? I'll read the, if you have annual gross revenue of 25 million, okay, that's a lot of people, but you have to buy, receive, or sell personal data of at least 50,000 consumers, households, or devices, or at least 50% of your revenue is from selling personal data. So we'll be like mm -hmm. second tier affected by other stuff, but it's not like it's a direct, hey, we need to add this huge disclaimer on the website. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, just, just basically, it, it goes back to the concept we talked about on a couple weeks ago of having first party data and not being not needing to be in the business of selling or transacting that information on a regular basis to other parties who don't have their own privacy policy that would limit it from going elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But collecting first party data and storing it securely is just one of the foundational things that's going to be required uh, for yep. home builders to do really well in the future. I agree. Uh, you can go click the link in the show notes to read the full details there. We're moving on to, I think this might be my favorite article of the year. Oh yeah. Um, it's a it yeah. doozy. That's it's a big fun. deal, Kevin. I just love everything about it. I love the imagery. I love the headshots of the writers in the corner that are sketched. Uh, I, I like the name of the website, the correspondent.com. I, I just, the depth of this article is amazing. I agree. As, I, the breakdown of it is amazing. I mean, most of the time you click on an article and if they show you how long it's going to take to read it, it's like read time, three to five minutes or whatever. Yeah, this, this is one, not three minutes. At the very beginning just says, hey, just so you know, this one's going to take 21 to 26 minutes for the average person to go through. So this is not just a skim through it, but I would say it is required reading for a marketer in today's world, as well as the counterpoint article, which hopefully we'll have time to get into. If not, 
we'll go through our own responses in a more lengthy blog post or, or on the next episode. But mm -hmm. the headline here is, the new dot-com bubble is here, and it's called online advertising. The subheadline is, in 2018, $273 billion was spent on digital ads globally. And today, they, it says, we delve into the world of clicks, banners, and keywords to find out if any of it is real. What do we really know about the effectiveness of digital advertising? Oh, man. And obviously, we can't go through the whole thing. But let's, let's pause and pull out some of our favorite takeaways or, or sections that you guys want to talk more about. Who should go first? I, I already wrote mine down because I'm like, I, I don't want to forget these because the article okay, is, go for it. Yeah. is so long. So they are hand in hand, but there's the, the first story uh, where it's the consultant working with, with eBay. And mm -hmm. so eBay, and this is part of why I'm like, eh, I'm mixed on the article because the example they gave was eBay had this terrible search strategy and they were bidding on brand terms. And you're like, mm -hmm. I think everyone listening, like with us talking, you're like, yeah, that's, you're not really doing anything. By oh, no, you're giving, you're giving everyone way too much credit. Brand I'm, keywords, I think, are still uh, most people's favorite thing. Everyone who listens right? is amazing and, <laughs> and knows that. Okay, so yeah, so eBay, like you think, okay, they have super smart people. They interview 10 million people to get one. Maybe not that effect. That I feel like they're going away maybe now. But you know, way back when, eBay was the, the thing yeah. online before Amazon, then Amazon kind of took over. So they were bidding on brand terms, and that was this huge success that they had. And ultimately, like, no, it wasn't. They turned them off, and it shows all the stats in the article. It's really cool. There's no effect on revenue, just a loss, whereas the marketers yeah. spun it as... Before like, you give your takeaway, I just want to, I want to pull some direct lines from the articles to really encourage you to spend the 26 minutes to maybe an hour that it's worth this. So... So brand keyword advertising, the presentation informed him, was eBay's most successful advertising method. Their consultants and partners were saying, hey, brand keywords, that's where it's at. Somebody Googles eBay, you pay the, you pay the money, they click on it, it's great. And they said, so according to the consultants, that the auction website earns at least $12.28 for every dollar it spends on brand keyword advertising. They were calculating the return on ad spend of you spend a dollar on bidding on the word eBay and you're going to get $12.28 back. Then the experiment was, right, turn off that, turn off. that ad spend mm -hmm. and, and what happened? And nothing happened to revenue. Mm -hmm. So you think like, oh, we, we would lose whatever the total spend was for brand terms against the revenue that the brand terms created. But no, they just yep. clicked on the organic listing. Yeah, Which, so there's a graph here that shows, you know, visitors coming in from a paid link versus an organic link. And all you see is when they stop the advertising, obviously they're still bidding on non-brand keywords uh, apparently because there's still volume coming in from from paid advertising. Mm -hmm. But the lift in organic almost cancels out entirely the drop from from the paid brand terms. And it says that they were spending 20 million dollars a year on brand terms wow. on ads targeting the keyword ebay and i want someone i want certain people to read read this oh yeah, yeah there's because we've had conversations with with other groups that try to push this and it's like well what if you want let's get more brand term clicks you can't just get more you get what people are searching for so you can't increase the search volume for brand terms without doing something else i have a question now for diving in a newbie kind of diving deep into oh, this. Good, good. Yeah. Now for eBay, 
particularly, I know this is the example, they're a big name. Now, does that play a role in this? The fact that they take away the paid link per se, but people still know of the brand itself. And yeah. do you think a lot of the people coming back are returning so they don't need as much of the the top links that they're removing? Go ahead, Ad, Ad Doctor. Oh, this is your yeah, speciality. Yeah, I, will, I think if we we change the names, I'll probably if say do you convert? Yeah. Bid it on, do you convert? And that say that was, I don't know, whatever amount of leads people looking to work with us. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. whatever that would be. <laughs> so funny. This is <laughs> so it's like bizarro land. It is. This is bizarro land. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you're like, and what is who gets credit because we bid on our own terms or something else caused people to search for us? So that's like mm-hmm. the same thing with eBay. Even though eBay people know eBay, something else was causing them mm. to search for eBay, and but we were just kind of they were siphoning the clicks from going from the organic ad, the organic listing to the paid ad. That makes oh, sense. So yeah, like, that, it'd be like us. It's like, well, it's not like how much money. Yeah. It's not because we're bidding. Yeah. You convert people to it. Yeah. It's because of other things. Or and that's or, like yeah. the black and white takeaway of their consultants were saying that they were making $12 and 28 cents from every dollar they spent. And after this test, they found out that instead they were losing 63 cents that's for every dollar part. they spent. I'm like, right? that is right there. Cause you never hear, you never really, I mean, you kind of hear this, but it's always like, Oh, I don't know. It's just up to you. It's opinion. And like, well, here we go. No, because who has the guts to turn that off for that right. period of time? Once it's on, it's on, and you're like, well, it's not. I mean, that's a lot of money for for eBay, twenty million. But if it if you're a builder, it might not be that much money as part of your budget. Hopefully, mm-hmm. not. I guess it could could get up there, but it won't be twenty yeah. million dollars ever. Right. Yeah. Right. So the brand keyword conversation in general is one that we would agree with. Almost entirely, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we could we could nitpick little pieces, but that general idea of this article, we're all on board with, right? For sure, for sure. And if yeah, if we want, to, I know we 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 might need like an hour on this one, but then that kind of ties into my favorite part, which is just the selection effect. And we could mm-hmm. go into someone else's favorite, but that as far as people, no, define that what that means and and what it was showing. I'm supposed to say tell that like quick yeah, that's pizzeria I'll, story. I'll that to me was one of my favorite parts. Yes, so. In other words, as uh, what I wrote those notes here, because I want to make sure I said it right. So a selection effect would be, are we advertising to people who were going to perform the advertising outcome anyways? Mm. So they gave an example of these three guys giving out pizza coupons. And then this guy's having bad results. This one's having bad results. And the third guy's like, well, I just stood in the the line at the pizza place. And you're like, <laughs> oh, well, they were already going to buy pizza. It's just yeah, like right. you, you were in the right spot. So made me think like, oh, and they gave the, this example of like, well, is Facebook's algorithm sure doing this right. selection effect based on how smart it is? I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. This is Well, getting, there's two parts to it. There's without a doubt, we know that the AI would do that in most cases. Mm-hmm. If it could know, and in Facebook's case, it probably does, it would, which isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as you're not paying up the nose for it. And that's the difference, I think, is that in our experience, the selection effect does happen, but you're paying 12 to 35 cents a click versus a paid search attempt of doing something similar. You're paying a dollar or more most of the time. And so mm-hmm. you can afford to, to kind of fund the buyer journey in that sense. And, and the other counterpoint article is going to talk more about this. But the other thing that makes me think of Andrew is I imagine there's someone at Bed Bath & Beyond who is just certain 
that direct mail and being put in the package of hamburger coupons and everything else yeah. is like the best thing in the world because people come in and use the 20% off coupon. They clipped off of that yep. versus people Whereas, knowing there's this coupon yeah. that's always out there, but for Bed Bath & Beyond. And I know people who we've lived by in the past who have an entire stack of those postcards just sitting by where the phone used to be, like by the coffee pot. And when you had a hardline phone, there's a stack of cards where they just knew if we're going shopping, we're going to grab one in case we stop by the store. That's awesome. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Do you guys keep any of those? I was going to say, I'm definitely guilty. I get those postcards. (laughs) I have two emails under there that I'm getting like two every time. Nice. No, because it's all shifted over towards things like geo coupons and and other stuff. And, and it's all like this in the retail space. It's all just one big joke, really. Or their prices are higher and they have it listed on, on as a banner on their website saying Mm -hmm. 20% off of the code. So they can naturally like bump up their prices at 20%, Mm -hmm. just knowing that they're giving that coupon away anyway to everybody. Yeah, they'll do it. Yep. So then it starts to, I agree with both of those points. I just don't know that the selection effect is necessarily a bad thing if you're paying efficiently for it. I agree. And if it uh, applies to builders as much, because they, they, they did give examples of different industries and real estate is quite complicated. Yeah. And, and also for the selection effect to, to be most damaging, you have to be able to predict when that purchase is going to happen. Whereas the purchase time frame for a home is so stretched out yep. that it's harder to say that it's going to be able to pinpoint and really cherry pick, for instance, that someone's like, they're going to go buy a house this week. Now we know for sure they're going to go buy a house this week. Yep. They, and they even say that like throughout the article, the fact that, you know, someone that goes on the seventh time and finally buys it compared to the 12th or the first, like the differentiating factor there. Exactly. Exactly. So The summary then starts to get a little bit weaker and the counterpoint article, but I would say, let's just do this. This is the first time we've ever had collective homework on the podcast. Everyone go read this article and then either uh, you can comment on the Facebook group where we've already started a post there in advance for people to read through comment done when you're done. And then also leave thoughts on it if you want. And then we're going to run out of time. So next week we'll pull up the counterpoint and this will be the first time we have like a two part news saga going on here it's like a debate <laughs> but it does it does start to get a little bit weaker and a little bit kind of like i don't know about that you know that advertising as a whole is a fraud and and it can't manipulate or influence actions whatsoever that's what i want to say like have you read the book predictably irrational have you heard of of any of these studies by economists that just show how irrational markets at times can behave but it's definitely like i said probably the, my favorite article that I have read um, on this topic for the most part. It's definitely great. I, with with that, I feel like there could be a little, not agenda, but like when you read the second article, you could almost be like, hey, this, the other article is definitely pro-advertising. It's on uh, marketing land, mm-hmm. I think. And this mm-hmm. one, like it starts that thing off just putting advertising in this dark light as far, I forgot who who came in yeah. and talked with Google at the beginning. It was like, you're messing up the magic. Like people aren't yeah. supposed to know attribution. They're, they're just supposed to give us money and we put ads out there. They're not supposed to know, does it work or not work? Exactly. It's like, oh, exactly. Okay. That'll do it for the news. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to sit down with Lynn Davis from Enter Now to talk about on-demand access to 
properties. And she's been doing this for several years now. She's got a ton of great information and stats. I promise you're going to enjoy this time with Lynn. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. I am here with Lynn Davis, the founder and owner of Enter Now. And Lynn took it upon herself after listening to our on-demand, unattended access episode. I love it. She reached out and was like, I, we need to talk because obviously she's, she's knee deep in this and has more data than anyone else I've ever talked about. We were just talking in our virtual green room about Oftentimes with guests, I'm happy to and excited to talk to them just because of their expertise and, and knowledge. But I am confident that I am going to learn as much as everyone else listening on today's episode as we begin the conversation. So Lynn, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's such an honor to be talking to one of the major thought leaders in the construction, you know, new construction industry. Well, in some areas, that might be sort of true, but when it comes to this idea of on-demand and instant access, I would say the tables have been turned. And, and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna pick your brain for the next uh, as long as we can have have you. <laughs> so, first, for those of who may have missed the ep- episode on unattended access that we did, um, tell us just a little bit about what Enter Now is and kind of the nuts and bolts of how it works. Oh, happy to. And it is kind of a new concept in the builder world. And that is allowing buyers, lead people, you know, whatever you like to call them. We call them visitors. Uh, Disney would call them guests. Mm -hmm. Allowing them through a locked home on their own so that they don't have to just peer in the windows. They can actually, in a secure setting, mind you, that the home is kept secure, but the public mm-hmm. is allowed to tour on their own and work through the research process. And that's what they're doing, trying to decide what to buy, giving them the chance to do that, do it yourself on their own. That sounds scary to at least half the people listening right now. <laughs> uh, so so talk about the security feature too, because I think that's something that makes Enter Now different than, you know, we talked on that episode about some people are just trying to use cloud cams and remote uh, keyless entry systems and kind of a DIYing this. What what about the Internow system allows for additional security than those kind of applications? And it's so important for us to have a very secure system. I can tell you that at every turn, uh, there's security built into the process, and our track record speaks for itself. We have let gosh over fifty thousand customers through. And probably 120,000 times, and we've had one incidence of loss. And it was a kitchen Mm. and a bathroom faucet. (laughs) (laughs) And and the company is still with us today, the builder. Well, sure, because I, hey, we work with people in markets all over the country, and theft of an appliance is sometimes, unfortunately, a weekly or biweekly occurrence. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about it is amazing. And, but what is it about the system itself with EnterNow that allows, just give us a couple examples of, of sure. that built-in security. First of all, we do not give the access to people unless we are sure that they are who they say they are. 
We double check what they tell us against our databases and ask them questions only likely they can answer. Questions like, uh, and we change it up. We use different questions all the time so no one can game us. On the apps, which is one way that you can get through, those questions are multiple choice questions from a third-party service. Mm. And they're like the questions on a, like if you're dealing with a bank or credit card. Sure. Yeah. What, the place you lived three years ago, exactly. <laughs> which address, right? Yeah. And on the phone, we ask questions like, what's the last four digits of your zip code? Or what's the birth date, month and year? That mm-hmm. And what uh, is the nearest cross street to your home that begins with the letter T? So, you know, it's we know that this is a person who's not faking us and they know we know. (laughs) And so that would discourage anyone to start with. Now, Mm -hmm. the lock itself has a lot of intelligence in it in that it changes code every minute, but it does not need Wi-Fi or anything. It's a special sauce that we have. Mm -hmm. And so if a customer you know, our user, uh, there's a lot of names for the people who used our service. So if this visitor comes to a home, and uses enter now, they have to call again or use the app to gain access a second time. Mm. So that's another part of all this. And the lock relocks after 10 seconds. So all they have to do is close the door for the home to be relocked. And finally, we put the responsibility of the home in their hands verbally. So oh. we get there okay that this home is now your responsibility. So be sure to lock all the doors or anything you unlock during your tour and the front door just needs to be closed to secure the home. Are you willing to do that? And if you say yes, <laughs> you get the code. Yeah. Okay. Right. I was just touring homes with my wife and my four kids last weekend. And I can tell you, even without someone saying that, it's just like, are my, do you guys want to just stay in the van? Like you can have unlimited screen time. We'll, we'll put the parking brake on. We have a 13 year old. Like you can sit in the front seat, keep, keep everything. To, they're like, no, we want to go in. And I'm like, Oh, the responsibility. I just don't. So if someone was telling me that I'd be like, you don't have a choice, kids. You're going to stay in the van. Potentially. I'm, I'm, I'm being yeah. somewhat facetious, but I, I think that's, that is a big deal just to say to them overtly. Like this is, this, this is a big deal. What you're about to to do is is walk through a big investment for, mm-hmm. for the company that, that you're visiting. But I want to shift just slightly and, and tell you a little bit more about my own experience this past weekend and, and then get back to the specifics is that there were we went to a neighborhood nearby and there are two model homes at the entrance from two different home builders. And we drove right on by uh, just to take a look around the neighborhood. And there were... I think around five inventory homes, quick move-in homes that were were done or nearly complete. They just had blue tape on the walls. And they all had signs out in front that said open. Now, this was a Saturday afternoon. But of course, my wife was like, okay, before we go there, we might as well just, to, to the models, we might as well just see if these really are open. And sure enough, the garage was just wide open, all the doors unlocked. And we're walking through a $700,000, $800,000 home, but with our four kids all by ourselves. And there's, so, so the security part that you already talked about is, is an issue. And then there's also just, they had no idea we were there, even though we were a block and a half down the street. You know, I, I kept expecting that as cars would drive by, I'm like, that's the salesperson and they're, they're watching us. They're going to come down and, and try to intercept us as we, nope, we went through all four 
uh, or at least four of those houses before we decided, okay, let's go down and check out the models. And so there's the security aspect. And then there's also just being able to count and, and, and having additional data that if they had used a system like enter now, and, and then the last part, which we'll talk about, I'm sure is then that became addicting because we figured out that this one builder who's a large semi-custom custom home builder in town, every single one of their 25 inventory homes around the entire city is apparently just open and unlocked every Saturday and Sunday for whoever wants to walk through to go through. And so we became, because of that ease of, of access, it was like, this is a no-brainer. If we want to look at a lot of houses very quickly, this is the way to do it. So I know I covered a lot of different things there, but we talked about the security aspect. Now let's talk about the, the data that builders are, are gaining by using a system like yours. Oh, before we get to data for a moment, I just want to say that you are the a typical home buyer in that you mm-hmm. probably did all your research on the internet and picked out where you were going. And then you took to the car and drove through the communities, right? That most interested you. Yep. That is the way customers are experiencing our product today. They do it themselves. In a lot of cases, you didn't have a realtor with you, a buyer's agent. They go out and do it themselves. And you have two options as a builder. You can keep those homes locked and try to get them to come to the sales center, or you can provide ease of access, as you said Mm -hmm. it. It's so perfect Mm -hmm. to say that. And... Ease of access is good as long as you know who is going through your homes, because otherwise you're basically throwing your marketing dollars away. You are losing adding those people into your your system, into your funnel. They're skipping Mm -hmm. over the top of the funnel and never entering. And you were asking about data. First of all, we verify and allow in about 90 to 95% of all users. There's a few people we can't verify or they hang sure. up on us because they've given us <laughs> information and we can't find them. Yeah, they probably uh, shouldn't be entering then. And then their, their husband calls back. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Got it. Uh, or whatever, or vice versa, or a friend. So, um, but we collect uh, great data, but we can actually show just how many people come at their own timetable that we took a look at, you know, the average sales center is open from 11 to six, seven days a week we used. And we looked at how many people used enter now over a five year period within that range. And then outside that range. And we're only Uh sunrise to sundown. Okay. We, we know that trouble happens in the dark. Right. So that's another security feature. Even the apps know what sundown is, where that customer is standing, and we're coast to coast. And so the app makes sure, yep, they're standing in front of the house and the sun is still up. So we don't create any liability for the builder. But we take and basically see that a little less than 80% of enter now users come from 11 to 6. 20% of users come before 11 or after six o'clock at night. I had two competing reactions as you're saying that. The first was, I'm not surprised. And then the other is, but I'm still surprised in that it's, it's no different. When we look at phone call volume to home builders, everyone is always concerned when they have an inside sales team or an online sales team, you know, how are we going to handle all these 
hundreds of thousands of calls we're going to get outside of business hours. And without fail, whenever we're looking at the call date, it's like, no, you, you have a problem answering phone calls between 2 and 3.30 in the afternoon. That's when yeah. you have most of your missed calls. And the volume is also higher during those work hours. You know, people are only getting a handful of calls after after six six thirty in the in the evening, so we see the same thing. And again, my experience was we were going out on a Saturday. And the other funny part about that experience too, Lynn, is we went to one particular model. So after we decided we were going to go to the models, we knock on the door of a decorated model, big sign out front, uh, well known home building company. There's a car in the driveway, but we knock on the door because it's locked, and then we ring the doorbell because the front door is locked, and mm-hmm. like kids and trick-or-treat night who aren't sure if there's someone there or not who's going to give you candy <laughs> or just like looking through the windows like maybe maybe there's no one home maybe that car is doing something else and so we started to turn around and then thankfully the sales assistant unlocked the door and uh, just said hey sorry for the delay but it, it was it was 2 30 in the afternoon on a saturday and the entrance to the model home was locked so customers are certainly doing research outside of hours Mm-hmm. But but that doesn't entirely surprise me what you're saying. I love having the more concrete data though to support to support that idea. So two thoughts I have are if any company throws away 20% of their leads because they never collect them. Absolutely. You know, driven by their great work on the internet, on their websites, etc., and have quote unquote driven them into their community, you don't want any of those people to miss out. You don't want to miss out on collecting them. So capturing all as many people as you can is a real key. And right right now we have a donut hole in our industry process in that we talk to people on the internet and we're waiting for them to come into the sales center and we sprinkle in between as much communication. But if you're losing 20% up front and this donut hole where they go dark with no, yeah. no collection at that point, which is really the next step of a buyer is, again, from the internet to uh, becoming a drive buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- when they've collected that on, on-site information, do I like the community? Do I like the way things are laid out? Do the prices meet kind of what I can afford? They're doing all kinds of research with, during that drive-by then you know if they're coming to the sales center right away or if it's taking time yet for them to figure out what they want to do. You know, BDX said, oh, it's, it's a research, it's probably five years old, that they had asked people who are in the home buying process, like yourself, and they said, how long will it take to make a decision on what to buy? And over 50% of the people said it would take six months or more, 40% of the people thought it would take longer than a year to decide what to buy. And if all you can do is peer in the windows, you're stretching that time period out and you're eliminating everything that you market to them. There's so much, again, this is, uh, I'm loving this conversation. 20% is not incremental improvement, right? So to your point, some people might say, oh, only 20% that we're missing? That, like... People scratch and claw to get a 5% improvement on, on lead volume. And then there's the other people I can hear them in my head saying, yeah, but those people will come back the next day during business hours when they realize 
And I got to tell you, again, from our own personal experience, that that model that was locked. So we finally get in, we tour through it. It's a nice house. And the sales assistant says, there's another one 20 minutes on the other side of town that is the, you know, it's the show home of the city. It's our best. You got to go see this thing. It's won all these awards. And we drive over there. We get there around 3.30 in the afternoon, locked, dark, no one home. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be open until five. (laughs) And, and like, we're not going back there. So the other, the other thing that you have to remember, I was listening to the chief marketing officer of Zillow give this example, which again is, is not something new, but when it's said in a different way, really, really hits you is that we have to remember that these irrational customers, because they're humans, they're irrational, are talking, looking at this large and intense and, and potentially uh, scary purchase at the same time that the majority of them are going through some other life change, which is also adding an incredible amount of stress. Mm. So Mm-hmm. What I say that to mean is part of that research time period is you might literally be on again, off again. Like we're going to move. Mm-hmm. Nope, we're not. I'm like, nope, honey, we, we have to move. We've, we've got two children sleeping in the same room as us with, uh, with a third on the way. Like it's not a rational, we begin the process, we shop for six months, we buy. And someone who might not get access today, they might pull themselves out of the market for two weeks not ever put you back on the list again to try uh, to, to come out another time. Because then when they jump back in, they may go to an existing home. They may start off the process with another builder. It's just mission critical, I think, is another way to think about it, of customers who want to walk through and experience what you have to offer in 2019, almost 2020, almost a whole new decade. And we're still telling folks, nope. I mean, it feels very similar to me, I don't know if you agree, Lynn, of, of pre-internet uh, home building activities and, and post-internet of this, you know, this gatekeeper, you've got the MLS, you've got a call, you got to get our, our sheets of paper and the internet changed so much of that. But when it comes to accessing and experiencing the product easily, I, I feel like we're getting close to a big, big, big shift. You know, I think the customers are, are pushing for that. You know, we really talk a lot about the customer experience. I think we have to dig further and do customer desired experience. You know, the journey to be from their perspective and, you know, they want to test drive a home. And if you've been shopping for cars lately, you would love a test drive without the salesperson in the car with you. You know, it, it would be the peak of of a customer desired experience. And, you know, I've done a lot of research on the automotive industry because I want to understand how buyers buy and how we as an industry can make it easier for buyers to buy and easier for your on-site and OSC reps to interface and collect and sell those buyers. And so the auto industry is fascinating because they have tons of research. You know, while you were saying earlier that we don't have research, they have the metrics that are absolutely amazing. Um, Do you want to hear one? I want to hear as many as you've got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is from a a blog and they pulled together data from uh, New Auto Shopper Study, Auto Trader, J.D. Powers, BP Consumer Auto Index, and they just kind of summarized different bits of data and gave it, and it's a fabulous article, happy to send it to you. But 87% of Americans 
Americans dislike something about car shopping at dealerships. And 61% feel they're taken advantage of while there. Wow. Yikes. Mm -hmm. And another, that was according to BP Consumer Automotive Index. Uh, Again, this is 2016 information. They released this once it's a year or two old. Sure, yeah. yeah, They want want to use it for themselves for a while, (laughs) I'm sure. And here's one more. This is according to, again, a BP, and it is 52% of car shoppers feel anxious or uncomfortable at dealerships. Millennials lead the pack in their dislike with 56% saying they'd rather clean their homes than negotiate with a car dealer. (laughs) Only 50 some percent? I feel like that one even should be higher. 56 would rather clean. And Gen Xers aren't fans either. When faced with alternatives, 24% said they'd rather have a root canal than get into car negotiation. Oh man! A root canal. Well, yeah. I mean, it, oh, and you know, the other model that we made it into was staffed by a real estate agent, and they were they were very pleasant. They were not pushy, but I got to tell you, this this weekend coming up, my wife is not saying, "Hey, let's go talk to more of those happy people." She's she's now addicted, and so I want to kind of shift into this conversation of. Mm-hmm. She's she's done the additional research online now of saying this builder who just gives us easy access, we're just going to spend our time because we know we'll get in. Like there's there's almost now this strange frustration of, yep, it says they're open, but we drove 20 minutes uh, on the other side of town to visit a model that was supposed to be open that wasn't. And and in that same model, the other builder that leaves everything. We got into two of those their inventory homes in that in that it was a competing builder to the to the one who had the model that we couldn't get access to. And we're just like, this is, this is just way better. So talk about any, any data or stats that you might have in terms of once people use Enter now, are, are, they, are, they, are they like, okay, this was so much easier. We want to we look, are they looking at more houses? Um, I think you said 50,000 um, people have signed up to be verified to be able to access, but you said like 120,000 actual tours. So mm-hmm. what, what kind of information can you shed on that? Happy to um, and and offer a comparison. Say, um, yeah. First of all, if you look at like Will Dunderstat's numbers in terms of internet shoppers, mm-hmm. um, he expects to to have about seventy five hundred internet visits in order to have four hundred engagements. These are not appointments; just engagements mm-hmm. to get one sale. Okay, so. That, you know, can be um, some stats to compare against, right? Um, In the enter now world, remember that this customer has come off the internet and is now driving by. They have selected this builder. And what you were saying is they selected it because of easy access, which means a better customer journey, right? Better customer Mm -hmm. desirable experience actually encourages you to stay in that process with that builder. Um, so we find that um, engagement, or say for, um, let's do it apples to apples. While on the internet, it's 400 sure. engagements to one sale. It's 45 enter now engagements to one sale. Wow. Because they have, you know, again, they've selected that builder to spend more time with it, 
with them. That's mm-hmm. about a 2% conversion rate in the first six months. But remember that some people aren't going to buy in the first six months. Half are going to buy. Yeah. They're going to buy later. Um, and we don't have that data, but let's say that's going to be more, a few more. We're not sure how many more, but yeah. over a period of s- tracking six months worth, um, that's the ratio. And so- Well, this- I just know, I know that my wife would love nothing more than just to download a list of all the enter now homes in Columbus at this point and be like, because for her, the intimidation comes from, she's not me. I'm not intimidated by walking into a model home, of course, because it's it's the world I've lived in. But she wants to feel much more educated before she begins to engage. And unfortunately, and this has a lot to do with the stats that that Will and others have, websites don't yet have enough detail and enough variety of information and depth of information mm-hmm. for my wife to feel comfortable. You know, she's like, okay, great. I saw 15 pictures, but I, I can't tell if a 20 by 20 family room is big enough for a family of six or not. I like, I need to go and stand in the space. And, um, and, and so just that I, I keep using the word addiction because that's all she wants to do now is like, this is, this is what everyone wishes they could have done forever. But like you said, peer through the windows, but now you can just, you can just go in and, mm-hmm. and, and walk through. And on our app, we actually have a map showing all the enter nows in your community. And so the oh, more awesome. that a company puts in, the more likely they are to have people go, we call them serial users, um, go from house that to is, house. That is my wife. Or will be my <laughs> wife. And let me tell you um, a little bit about the information that we collect on each user so that you can understand that we try to create the best what we call juicy lead for mm. elder agents as possible. Um, you know, more intelligence about the buyer means that you you can certainly make a better follow-up, you know, call. And, you know, again, you have to consider that it's a long-term nurturing because people are, enter now call, uh, captures drive buyers. Again, they're very early in their process. Over half of them, um, well, it's it's tailing off. During the, the spring, over half uh-huh. of them did not have agents who used Enter Now. Yeah. Yet. So talk about early in their process. Now we're seeing that number right. come off and it's a little less than 50%. Sure. Yeah. Time of year. Not, not, not surprising at all. They have contacted a buyer's agent and now they're, they're doing more, uh, uh, less independent and more, um, you know, with an agent. But the first you know, these people that we're capturing early on, we give you their name and phone number. We ask for an email and we get that about 80% of the time, 75% of the time. And it's a better email than when we demanded it because then people were making them up. Um, We provide their (laughs) most recent current address, you know? So if somebody moving, it's probably going to be where they moved from because they're in transition and, and we don't have that place where they're renting or staying with family. But we have their last address. And uh, we also try to ask them a few questions during the process on the the phone with them. And 60% of our visitors to enter now call us. 40% use our apps. Um, But Hmm. while they're on the phone with us, we ask them as many key questions as we can. And the top two 
that we think are helpful are have, do you have an agent representing you yet? Right. And the second thing we ask is what brought you to come visit this home today? And we try to mm-hmm. find out if they found it on Zillow or what service they're using. So you know yes, where to your ad dollars. Yep. And what's the answer most, or what's the, what's the most often ah, re- response when it comes to where to place your ad dollars? It's Zillow. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. So let, let's, let's put a, put a pause there. Cause this is, uh, again, you listened to the episode that we already recorded and you had already some, some good bits of feedback there. I want to just go back to some of the concepts we talked about and, and hear your, your, your feedback. One is, uh, the objection that builders give of just, if someone's walking through my house unattended, they don't know what they're even looking at. Like they're, they're walking through and seeing the space. Um, but they, they don't understand what's, be, would say, Hey Lynn, they don't understand what's behind the walls. They don't understand that the fridge is, is on order and it's going to be there and they don't have to pay for that. It's just not been delivered yet. All these, these, what, what would you say to those folks who are concerned about people having a suboptimal experience, as ironic as that sounds after all the, all that we've talked about this, because they're not attended by somebody, by, by a professional Let's say that that suboptimal word is from the builder's perspective. Amen. There you go. Okay. And if you're looking at it through a customer desirable experience, the three words that they use are, they like enter now because it's independent. They can move at their own pace and on their own timetable. Those are the three qualities that, again, visitors tell us they like the best. I would suggest that there's actually two parts to their journey in this portion. And the one is I want to gather as much information as I can. You know, a consumer spends, again, months and they are happy with everything that we allow them to see and, and, and learn from. That's how you actually build trust with them and, mm-hmm. and all. Um, when it comes to the second part, that's where you want to, once you engage them and have built some trust, then you apply the better, um, customer experience from the builder's point, what's behind the walls. So it's not like we're cutting that out, but we're first giving them lots more information that they desire. And sometimes they will actually make the decision on their own. Oh, trust them. (laughs) Let me give you an example. There's a South Carolina builder who tested enter now on a really difficult to sell community. They just didn't have enough people coming through. So they said, well, maybe Mm -hmm. enter now can gather more leads for us. And they had uh, a couple visit on a Thursday night and you know, again, it came once someone visits a text and an email is sent to the on-site agent. In this case, there was no one on site. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, the on-site agent, I'm sure, reached out to the people. But again, the uh, visitors never got back to them until Saturday morning when they walked into the sales center. And, um, you know, because they did have weekend hours and brought their pre-approval letter to buy the house. Ah. 
And although we were not necessarily, you know, doubling their number of leads or something like that, um, we brought them a buyer and a buyer who had educated themselves. And today's buyers want to feel that they've done all the research, that they're ready to talk to someone in the sales mode, you know, that second stage of that part of the process. So um, you want to um, get, you know, build their confidence, give them as much information as you can, which includes walking through the home, you know, that empowers them. Yeah. I think, I think it's just some old school thinking in terms of the old school thinking of if I'm not there to help them see all the details, they're going to write me off. And in the reality of today's, today's buyer, they're not going to accept something that is 80% of what they want. This is just a consumer behavior we expect if we can customize our tennis shoes on our feet that we can get at least 95% of what's on our wish list, or we may just, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to be as lenient in a decision as big of a home mm-hmm. and as maybe we were in the past. And the other thing, I forget the name of the speaker, but he was talking about um, Gen Xers and younger in particular have a much higher risk of making or a much higher fear of making yeah. a wrong decision than previous generations. And some of that just comes to the fact that they feel, I don't know about the reality of this, they feel like they have to work so much harder for what they have because of when they grew up and, and, and part of, I think I can say this as a, as a just barely millennial, we just have higher expectations of life because of, of how most of us have grown up and what we grew up with. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it. But anyway, regardless, it was just like, I can't afford to make the wrong mistake about what I eat for lunch tomorrow because that's $12 I may never get back. And if we feel like it's worth spending, we will spend the money, but we, we really fear making the wrong decision. And, and so the, as this concept of, well, if I get to them, I can convince them to buy the house that's not right for them, or I can convince them to ignore the poor trim work that we do as a, as a builder. Cause I can talk about some other feature of the home that can distract them. I, I feel like, uh, while that certainly can happen, it's just, it's, it's an old school approach. It's a traditional approach, and one uh, that, that's a nicer way to say it. <laughs> and and one that um, we really, um, as an industry, um, need to um, move away from and improve on as we do more customer desirable experiences. Allow them the test drive on their own, a walkthrough, and that builds trust. And you were talking about fear a moment ago. Don't you trust a company that trusts you? Um, you know what I'm saying? That's trust building. Um, and you start sending them exactly. information and knowledge that fits their scenario, you know, where they are in the purchase process. Do they have an agent? Don't they have an agent? You know, is their home on the market? Um, we were just market. talking about this with a group of 20 or so builders yesterday at a, at a little event that we had here in Columbus of how you treat your own product and your own customers is as much branding as your logo or your colors. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the magic of Nike is that they are so proud and talk so eloquently and they're not ashamed. If there was any hint of them saying, 
oh man, you know, it's a lot of money for this shoe. It's $118. And we just, you know, we know that's a lot of money, but and no, they don't do that. They're like, look at this thing. This is a work of art. It's going to, to you know, th- that confidence that they have and the way they, <laughs> they care for their own products and their customers. And even in Nike's case, how they project the caring about the culture uh, of our society as well. That all matters. And so in the one sense, we love this builder who's letting us walk through houses that are just completely unlocked. But on the other hand, I can tell you my wife did ha- make the comment kind of, it wasn't, I don't think it's a, I don't know. It was just interesting to me. She's like, but if they just leave all these houses unlocked and let customers go in and out with no care for who's here, that didn't sit well with her. It's like, well, when our house is under construction, if we use this builder, is it going to be safe? Like, how do they maintain and make sure they don't mess this up? And it, it, it was an interesting idea where if they had enter now or a similar service, she might've had a different level of how that builder approaches the entire customer experience from a security and safety standpoint, which of course for, for a lot of, well, especially moms of four, that's a big deal. Definitely. And look at that competitive advantage of the builder cares about the house and they care about me, um, you know, because they may not be getting that feeling in visiting other places, as you've just said. Um, yeah. It, it's yeah. this weird dual feeling, again, that might be the subtitle of this episode, <laughs> of this fear of, oh my gosh, salesperson's going to drive up and he's going to be like, hey, how you doing? What are you doing in the house? Like, you know, kind of intercept us as we're touring. And then, and there's also this competing feeling of like, huh, they really just don't care. We're just walking around and and no one's going to be able to follow up or, or ask us if we have a question or there's 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 just a sense of so it's this, it's these competing things of as as customers we want we want attention. We just want attention the way we want it. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very, very true. Um, and you know, we do want to, I mean, our ultimate goal as an industry is to attract and convert. Uh, people to be raving fans, buyers. And we, you know, the more we look at it from that customer desirable experience and, and all, and there's a lot that you can add to it, Kevin, you know, enter now is one tool, but if I could walk through some ideas on the whole process that I, my research tells me over and over again. Um, So when it comes to online, and all, why aren't we? Why don't we have a button that says "I want to buy now"? The customer, yep. like those customers up in South Carolina, probably would have liked to have punched that and, and reviewed the hours that they could. Come yeah, visit. and even you know, there's some technological hurdles. Maybe I mean I don't disagree with you. That's what that's where we're heading. But even the in between, and this was the other thing that we talked about that I was interested to hear your feedback on is. Why isn't there a go tour this now on your own button? Um, mm-hmm. and, and so you've, you're talking a lot about folks kind of driving by. Obviously, they're, they're seeing something else that's driving them there. And, and talk to me about this idea of people um, kind of pre-scheduling an enter now visit. Does that happen? And, or, or if it, and if it does, what, what does that look like? And if it doesn't, why do you think it's not happening more? Oh, we don't even ask people to do that. We think a lot of it, remember it's called instant home access, is because uh-huh. you you might have been visiting a community 
um, intentionally. And then when you left that community, did you see another community? Yes. Right. Why not stop there? You know, at least drive through it. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. now we can walk through that home. So you actually are building more in your funnel by doing it, capturing yep. the unintentional drive buyers as well as the intentional. I see it on the internet. There's a big red flag on that house that says, come tour this home. Okay. That's where I, I, I was imagining you were encouraging your builders to somehow promote the idea that, mm-hmm. that these were there and, and it wasn't just all discovery as they were driving by. Correct. So we, we try to collect both and it really, um, it allows people who are still early in the process to dream. Uh, that is so important. They're dreaming of a new car or a new home or whatever and allowing them to just on the spot actually kind of follow through on a little bit of that dream. Uh, they may be in the neighborhood yep. visiting a friend. And uh, exactly. what do you know about that house down the street? Oh, let's go look at it. You can get in. Um, so we want um, all that unintentional access that we can collect for our builders. And okay, now again, early. I have to, before we, before we run out of time, Lynn, I have to ask what made you like, what did you do before this? How did this idea hit you? Like, it seems, it seems uh, it's obviously now that it's here. It's a, it's like, why didn't this always exist? But, but tell us what you were doing before and kind of the story of how this, this even got on your radar and, and became an obsession of yours at a, at a stage in your life where a lot of people are are thinking, you know, where's the warmest, calmest, most serene place I can I can go rest a bit. <laughs> no, where's that island when I need it? Um, you know, I was um, as a realtor representing two homes here in Atlanta in an area about thirty five minutes from my home. Uh, when there was no traffic, when there was traffic, oh my gosh, you know, Atlanta traffic <laughs> an hour, two hours. Um, uh-huh. And it was 2007. And we were coming apart as an, as an industry here in Atlanta. Um, sure. And this builder I was working with, they were two infill properties, uh, different, you know, probably about eight blocks apart. I couldn't sit on site. And I couldn't get people to call me, but they were pulling my flyers like crazy. They were checking out the price and the features and they were peering in the windows, I'm sure. Yeah. I have to pause just to everyone listening who knows that I'm not a big fan of flyers. It, it was, again, this is why I make us buy a new house every couple of years. <laughs> it's, it's the market research is invaluable. This builder who's had every house unlocked, of course, they had flyers. And of course, we grabbed them and my wife made a big old stack. There's still something magnetic about, I want to have something tangible. The reality though, is we don't use them. Anyway, continue. I, I just had to, the piles, the pay, pile of paper is still actually sitting right behind me. We haven't looked back through them at all, but we couldn't help but grab the flyers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even and we even take some notes on them, you know, that kind of yeah. thing to make them yeah. more relevant. But again, you may not ever go back to those flyers. You may not ever go back to that community. Um, but You know, it was, uh, you know, I said, what can I do to allow people into these great homes so that they could do more than evaluate it from the outside? I mean, a builder puts how much of the total cost of a home into the exterior versus the interior, you know, and it was the interior that was going to speak to people. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the you know that you know front elevation is important, the curb appeal, but it's the decisions made on the inside. And yeah. so I thought if if I could put together some technology. And of course, we've worked on this now for 10, 11 years, and we have fabulous technology. We can do this in a safe and secure manner. And of course, you know, by the time I was able to actually start testing it in 2008, um, you know, both my builders went out of business. Uh, we just couldn't, oh, wow. couldn't sustain um, anyway. Sure. But it gave me a chance, you know, I, we ended up selling homes that were valued over a half a million dollars and handed back to SunTrust Bank. So we were all over Atlanta um, selling these fabulous, you know, $2 million homes uh, that were on sale uh, because they had gone back to the bank. And uh, we really had a chance to really hone what we needed to do over the next couple of years to make this a very uh, user-friendly, builder-friendly um, so, mm-hmm. so that's it. I started out as a realtor and saw a need and I built it, build it and they will come. Well, I'll tell you, Kevin, when I first started, builders told me I'll never put a push button lock on the front sure. door of my home. And I would say, well, it's just, a, just during the marketing period, you take it off afterwards. And they were like, no, 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 no. Um, but now <laughs> they, they want that. They want the, you know, allowing collecting drive buyers because they see the value in that um, and uh, know that the conversion rate of those drive buyers is higher than what's on the internet. It's worth keeping track Mm -hmm. of them, locking up your houses and offering tours. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that this is a a different way of saying something that I've said a couple of times over the last couple of months is that, in 2007, 2008, the online leads were the rare ones. They were the ones who were the most interested, the most because that was not yet where the majority of consumers were the path they were going down. But in today's world, you're the way you said it just kind of hit me differently. In that, the folks who are driving out to see something now, those are probably the rare ones, right? Every, everyone, of course, is going to go online. Of course, everyone is going to maybe ask a question if they're somewhat interested. But the ones who get in their car. And and spend the time and the and the and the money on transportation and and that's it, it makes sense it makes sense and if you look at Will's in number of engagements at about four hundred and enter mm-hmm. now engagements at about forty five right I, I'm not sure exactly what that percent is you know whatever fifteen percent fifteen percent are selecting those homes to look at. And they are right. closer to be buyers than the yep. other, you know, 44. Um, so we, yep. we have to uh, look at capturing drive buyers and short of, uh, you know, um, disabling their tires as they come in the community uh, or throwing yourself down in the street to stop the car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, we, you know, use, can use technology in a great yes. way to collect them. And I built my business plan on, you know, 70% of people using the service. And when we've actually done measurement studies, we're up around 90% of people read the sign and say, oh yeah, let me try this. Um, wow. Now I imagine that at times keeping all of the inventory of, of the, the locks and the system that, that you need to 
to get, provide to a builder can be tricky. Have you ever run into issues or, or like sometimes, unfortunately, when we talk about something on a, on the podcast, um, people, there's a semi rush. So t- talk to me about kind of the, from the time a builder t- calls you, what's the typical turnaround time to, to being set up and we don't need to, to discuss pricing and they can talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of time and availability of the product, um, and any anything you want to let people know about? Um, sure. I mean, if you looked at Enter Now before, we are actually moving to a new, brand new lock, um, and it's uh, you know it's silver, it's a nickel lock, and it's much more high tech, and we're really excited to be um, using that particular new lock and it can do so much more for us. We're eventually going to have a lock that stays on the house. So during the marketing period, it does, you know, this, you know, enter with a different code every minute. And then once the home is sold, it will stay on there. Um, When someone wants to try the enter now service, all they have to do is just reach out through our, uh, um, through our website or call us and we basically give them a, a demo of how it works and tell them about the texts and, and emails that come out to them and what the dashboard mm-hmm. looks like. And then um, once they sign a contract with us, we put the locks in the mail and we'll have those new locks in early December. We're so excited. Um, oh, awesome. Plenty for lots of people. And we've had some interesting inquiries from large, you know, large top. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I can only imagine when if 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 a if a large builder says, "Hey, you know, no big deal," then we need a couple hundred. You're like, "Uh." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we would actually um, talk to them about the deployment and and make sure that because you do want to keep track of these locks because they move from house to house, and right. everyone gets so excited when they sell a house. And the last thing they do is change the lock and it ends up in a pickup truck and you know what yeah. I'm saying, or in a van. Yeah. And so right. you do have to track these down and put them on the next house and start all over again. And, uh, no, that's, you know, that's great. One more metric I wanted to share, and this isn't a usual scenario, but if there's a company here in Atlanta that put one lock on a closeout home about 40 miles from their office. I mean, hard wow. to do, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. way out there. It's a first time home buyer, but it was the last home in the community. So obviously it wasn't, you know, the most desirable. And they put an enter now lock on it in the end of April. And so May, June, July came off the end of July. So in three months, we gave access to about 120 people. 123 to be exact. Three of those were trade contractors. 19 of them were agents because there was no agent lockbox on uh, the house. Uh-huh. And there were 101 users, you know, visitors who came mm-hmm. to the home and were collected by Enter Now. Now, the builder had, again, reduced the price through a lot of advertising, you know. Sure, but it was 40 minutes away. But they collected 101 potential leads for their company. And in most cases, these are early leads. So you add Mm -hmm. them to your 
you know, yeah. hot commodity. it's not just the one home they're touring. It's, it's now that you have that information. You can talk to them about all of your offerings and, and you can sell lots more houses with those leads. So I just wanted to give you a, uh, another metric to think about is that yeah. um, you can use some homes as almost bait to then collect more leads and move those leads into the communities that are most appropriate for them. Um, yeah. And so we always recommend that someone uses like the OSC model. Yep. With internet. Yeah. You, you still, it's still that that's, that's a good point of clarification. We're, we're, right up on time, but that's a, that's a fantastic point to hit before we have to, unfortunately, end for now is it still requires a lot of not handholding, but customer service and a traditional salesperson, because we said, you know, they're busy, they're doing a lot of things like, like you were saying before, you were working for, for two different home builders and you couldn't always be there providing that same, someone who's built for quick follow-up and follow-up at a scale that's that's just different like an, an online salesperson is there's still a lot of of interactions that are a best practice when you have something like enter now in place yes definitely and they also think long term they, yep. they, they oh, exactly don't mind working with um c's and d's you know that are going right. to eventually buy i mean chris hartley took his i was just gonna say chris is a fanatic about making sure his oscs are part of this process with you yes and he took all his d's you know that he had collected since the beginning of the year i think it was about 800 and he um sent them some new materials and they ended up making over a dozen sales to their d's it was their d only because of their timetable you know, right. not, they weren't ready to sell. They ghosted people, you know, the, mm-hmm. the agents quite often. So that's right. You know, the OSCs have the, the really long term view and are terrific at use at working the internal leads. Yep. Well, then, thank you. The, the expectations were met. I learned a lot over this time with you. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to do it again down the road and see as, as the new locks come in and more and more people use the system, if, what other insights you can share with, with everyone. Thanks, thanks so much for, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me and allowing me to talk about EnterNow. All right, that was that was an awesome time with Lynn. A lot of really good stats, good insights, and I was particularly impressed with the security that she has put in place with her product. Uh, I knew that it had scanned your license, but I didn't realize it also had the the kind of challenge questions of what cross street is closest to your address. Uh, pick one of the addresses listed here as someplace you've lived in the last three years, and the fact that I think roughly. My notes say about 20% of the time they can't give people access because they can't verify who they are um, through the app itself. So the security in, in particular is extremely impressive. And as you heard me talk about uh, two weeks ago, my own shopping experience and walking through unintended houses that had no security, no no counters, no registration, no nothing, just a bunch of unlocked homes on a Saturday that anyone could walk through. It definitely shifted my impression of of how this kind of technology is really going to be making a big impact on everything we do. 
Okay. Question of the week. It's the holidays, Black Friday. We've got this article that's that's will be live by the time you hear this article of different things that we recommend if you are in need of a camera or a drone or a backpack or looking for some good books or all kinds of different recommendations from the Do You Convert crew on some of our favorite things. But let us know, what are you looking for forward to uh, shopping for? Or not, not what you need because most of us don't need anything, but w- what's kind of on your wish list for the holiday season or, or for Black Friday shopping. You guys have anything in particular on your... You can tell your spouses, like, this is the only episode you need to listen to. Yeah. I need can, I need a new chair, I think. A new chair? Like, like sitting, like the one Ooh. I'm sitting now. Like, I'll, I'll make yes. it squeak. I don't know if you can hear Ooh, that or I've not, got a, but it's I've got a very to. nice, very expensive chair recommendation for you. Uh, I, I uh, did I'll, a little I'll, research. They get a little frightening when... I feel like now as I you're getting there. older, too, you need, like, that good lumbar support. No, bones. Yes. Oh, big three. This chair, this chair that I'm sitting in right now is what's called health positive, meaning it's one of the few chairs that's been endowed by some group of doctors that it's, it's as healthy for you as standing uh, or laying down. It's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Jackie, what do you, what do you got? Anything? Eyeing up. uh, This has been at the top of my list now for the last two years. And I think this year, maybe the year I do it, but the noise canceling headphones. Uh-huh. I I'm very intrigued by them. I, I got my husband a pair, okay. and I'm so jealous because he goes on trips, so he loves them for on the plane. But yep. Kevin, I know you'd mentioned to us about how the AirPods are now featuring. Have yeah. you tried them yet? I, yeah, I, I haven't. They do a good job. They're as good as the in-ear models from Bose or other folks. Okay. They're not as good as the over-the-ears, but the fact that you can wear them anywhere. I mean, my wife and I both have a pair. And with four kids, we do the dishes or just like sit next to each other with them on so we don't have to hear the screaming around us from the children. <laughs> That's Even amazing. No, nothing's playing. It's just yeah. canceling out some of the some of that noise. So I, yeah. maybe this is just because we have the one and it's she's under a year for the uh-huh. next week. But I when my husband wears his, I he always has to have like the one year off just to like if he's at home. Because I said it's just scary in a sense. Because I could just be calling for him and he can't hear anything. So yeah, that's true. That's a good you thing. Have to text him. That is and, a good thing. Your own house. Yeah. Hey, I need you. <laughs> All right. Well, drop your answers in the question of the week on the Facebook group, and that'll do it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else we are online. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.